from the Krypton Phoenix, this episode of Bones on Sports, with your host, me, Jimmy C.C. Bones, is brought to you by the Age of Radio Syndicate show, Learning to Curse. Learning to Curse is a podcast that goes deep and hard on topics such as ghosty ghosts, ubernatural, and the paranormals. If you like jokes and skeptics, talking seriously about weird shit, then Learning to Curse is the podcast for you. Oh yeah, for you. And you over there. And you. And your mom. I'm not Chuck. I'm not Adam. Join us every Sunday for Learning to Curse with Adam and Chuck. From across the Southwest to across the nation, around the world, everyone you're listening to, Bones on Sports from the Crypt here in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm your host, Jimmy U M. BC Bones. The UMBC stands for University of Maryland, Baltimore County, which we'll get to today. But I'm still pretty excited from that upset the other night. Sit back, relax, and listen to Bones on Sports. We'll be going over the NHL, the NCAA March Madness, and some baseball today. So as promised, the NHL, we all know that the Coyotes are mathematically out of it. And I know it might be a little soon to start thinking about next year, uh, but I am. And I'm hoping this team takes a core of youngsters and starts building around them. I mean, if you take a look at... Oh, gosh, what do we got? About 10 games down the stretch now. You got to look at these young kids and you got to start building talent around them. You got to start giving them some help with some veteran presence. I mean, you've got Clayton Keller, who is 20 goals and 32 assists this year. Um, OEL is still pretty young. He's got 36 points this year. Uh, Dvorak's at 34 points. Domi's at 32. Uh, where is Chachurin? Now 11 points, but I mean, he's played 41 games. Uh, he's only a minus four, which actually on this team is not too bad considering OEL is a minus 34. Um, yeah, but I, I just, I like, I like this young group of kids and I really hope they start building around them. I hope they bring in some veteran presence. Uh, not sure just yet who's on the free agent market, but I still believe that there's a lot to look forward with this team, but you've got to keep this young core intact. I've been saying it time and time again. Uh, you, you can't let Blake Wheeler get away again. Uh, declare leaving, I was a little unhappy about, but what are you going to do? Um, a couple of the names of people that that uh, I know they let go that became stars elsewhere. Um, but as we all know, uh, I, I said it, Oh, gosh, I think maybe two, three episodes ago that, you know, my favorite to win the cup was the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they locked in. They were the first to lock in in the Eastern Conference, a playoff spot. Uh, You know, they got 102 points. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah, I'm still rooting for them to go all the way. 
but I do like this Toronto team. I'm going to be honest. I, I like Toronto a lot, and I feel like they could get uh, close to the conference finals. I just don't think it's their year yet. Um, <clears throat> be that as it may, again, they have a great group of youngsters. You know, they're doing it the right way. Let's take a quick look. You've got Nylander. What's he got? 52 points in 72 games. Uh, Austin Matthews, Phoenix kid, 50 points in 53 games. Uh, Nazim Kadri, man, I, I like that kid a lot. Uh, Van Riemsdyk. Um, ah, Milo's a little old. Bozak's a little old. Um, but again, the, the it's it's this youth movement you see in the NHL right now. And, you know, the, the teams that are, are well, besides Edmonton, that are taking this young talent and, and growing it and making the culture around them uh, are the ones that are going to be poised to do well in the future. So we'll see, you know, we'll see what uh, what happens here in the next couple of weeks as we wind down the season and get into the playoffs. Uh, again, my money's on Tampa Bay. Uh, if we take a look locally, the counties, unless every single team ahead of them suddenly decides that they don't want to play in the Stanley Cup Finals, you know, mathematically they're out of it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but a lot, a lot to look forward to. Now that's where in the NHL right now. Uh, you know, I really want to get into March Madness. Uh, that was a a wonderful first weekend. There's a couple surprises. My back, my bracket's busted. I'm sure everybody else's is. Uh, unless you were either a dog or a two and a half year old. Uh, but let's take a second and then get into March Madness. And I'll tell you what I mean about being a dog or a two and a half year old. An entire weekend. We started with 64, we ended with 16, and a few surprises that were few uh, few surprises. There was a hell of a lot of surprises. So, uh, so let's start taking a look at those surprises, shall we? So we start in the South. Those played in Atlanta, and if you look at who is there, Virginia number one seed, Cincinnati number two seed. Uh, the number three seed in that group was Tennessee. Number four, Arizona. So these are top four seeds. Uh, it held, Virginia was the number one seed overall in the tournament, right? So most people figure, all right, number one seed, let's pencil them into the Sweet 16. Uh, number two, Cincinnati was a they're a decent number two. Uh, you know, let's pencil them into the Sweet 16. Arizona, I was a little iffy on. I, I I had them losing the second game to Kentucky, um, and I'm sorry, the number three Tennessee, they're a solid team. Uh, everyone kind of thought they'd make it to the Sweet 16. Surprise number one, UMBC out of nowhere, never done before in the men's bracket before. Uh, 
UMBC beats the number one overall Virginia the first time a 16 beat a one. And I'll tell you, I was in Vegas watching the tournament. And not only was I in Vegas watching them, I was having a lot of these. The daily PBR. And I said, by this time of the night, it was I think it was a Friday night. Said, you know what? It's time to go hit the tables. UMBC, I've never heard of them before. <clears throat> They're the retrievers. Uh, let's go play some craps, and this is going to be a boring game. Little did I know, history was going to be made. And luckily, there was a TV right above, uh, right above where I was. I can keep an eye, and I kept saying, "Oh." 12 down, they can come back. 15 down, they can come back. 17 down, there's there's only four minutes left in the half. They can come back. The guy next to me goes, no, dude, there's about four minutes left in the game. This thing's over. 16 just beat number one. I was like, you kidding me, right? He wasn't joking. Uh, Twitter blew up. And I'll tell you, uh, go to my Twitter account, at Bones on Sports. I retweeted some of my favorite tweets from that night. Uh, it was hilarious. It was epic. Wendy's got in on it. Uh, one of the the... One of the greatest sports moments, and this is what I love about Twitter, is all across the world, people can jump in and chime in, and it's it was a phenomenal thing to see. So, uh, so that was the first that was the first surprise in that bracket. Our second surprise was Arizona didn't make it past the first game; they got upset by a 13 seed Buffalo. The next surprise was that Cincinnati lost to Nevada, and will. Uh, Chicago beat Tennessee. So out of that bracket, you do not have the number one, the number two, the number three, or the number four seed left. The Sweet 16 is comprised of a nine, a five, an 11, and a seven seed. I, 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 no one guessed that. If somebody predicted that, I need to see us. I need to see that bracket with proof that it was made prior to Thursday's tip-off. Uh, I don't think you have the proof because out of 17 million ESPN brackets, none of them. There is no perfect bracket left. So no one could have told me that the 9, the 5, the 11, and the 7 would come out of that that part, that part of the tournament for the Sweet 16. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the next surprise happened last night when Florida State beat Xavier. And, you know, North Carolina uh, going down early was kind of a surprise. But you know that the, that uh, number 1, 2, 3, and 4 seed weren't coming out of there. I kind of thought Michigan might lose to Houston. But that didn't happen. They made it through. Uh, so that's that's that kind of wraps up the West bracket. In the East, uh, no surprise, I, I felt that Villanova was a, a strong candidate to make it to the championship. I had winning it all in my bracket. Uh, so they, I wouldn't say cruised through to the Sweet 16, but they're there. Uh, West Virginia, uh, Texas Tech, and Purdue. Uh, that's the one, the five, the three, and the two seed. So... So really, I think it was the the number the number four seed, uh, Wichita State was into Marshall was a big upset there. Uh, but once Virginia took care of Marshall, although Marshall came out to an early lead, West Virginia just outlasted them as the what bulls what bull the way there. Uh, you know, in the Midwest, Kansas, Clemson, the surprise here is Syracuse beating Michigan State. Uh, I had Michigan State in the final four, to be honest with you. It's hard to bet against them in a tournament. <clears throat> Especially this one, uh, you know they've been there; they're used to it. Duke, every year I root against Duke. I hate Duke, uh, so I was rooting for Iona to beat him, and I was rooting for Rhode Island to beat him. Neither one of those happened. Uh, so, like I said, there's it's an interesting little bracket this year. Uh, you know, looking forward, uh, honestly, from what I saw, 
Uh, I feel like Kentucky and Loyola Chicago have the best chance of winning. Realistically speaking, Kentucky should come out of there alive, uh, make it to the Final Four. Uh, if I were if I were back up in Vegas, I'd probably put some money on Loyola Chicago uh, to to win there. They've got the they've got that ninety three year old nun praying for them. So you can never go wrong with a ninety three year old nun if you can get her on your side. Miracles can happen. You know, looking over at the West, hey, you know, Jimmy, uh, UMBC Bones, who do you think is coming out of there? Uh, yeah, I've, I'm a big Michigan fan. I like them. Uh, again, Gonzaga looked pretty strong against Ohio State. They came out to 17 nothing lead. Um, fended off Ohio State. They kept coming back. I, I like Gonzaga. Uh, what the heck, I'll pick them to go to the Final Four there. Uh, Villanova in the East. I have them in the finals. They're still alive. I'm going to stick with them. Uh, they look strong. And I think uh, uh, in the Midwest, I think you got to go Kansas. Uh, so those are my final four picks. Um, you know, while we're talking March Madness, I think it's the time for the contra, contra, controversial take of the week. Uh, I need to make something up to announce that, don't I? Uh, but the controversial take of the week, a lot of people were kind of bagging on UMBC for, for calling it gloating. And... You know, if you look through Twitter, people were rag on them. Harvard chimed in and said, wait, we were the first 16 to win, yada, yada, yada. So my take on it is this, is one, if you read through Twitter and you look at what everyone was saying, hey, it's all in good fun. People don't take shit so damn seriously. And I'm, I'm kind of tired of everyone taking stuff so seriously and everyone being offended by everything. Suck it up, Buttercup. You know, people are going to brag on you for stuff, right? They took it in stride. UMBC really did. Whoever runs their Twitter feed was hilarious the whole weekend. Uh, but number two, if 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 anybody is going to get down on somebody for celebrating what they did, uh, that they've truly never won anything in their life, coming in as a 16 t- seed, Going against Virginia, the number one, the number one overall seed, the best team in the country, and to beat them on the largest stage in college basketball was incredible. The poise that team had throughout the game. Granted, I didn't sit down and watch the whole game. I'll be the first to admit it. But from what I saw, which was a good half of it, uh, they they handled themselves very very well. Everyone kept saying, Virginia will come back. Virginia will come back. Virginia, myself included. Jimmy Bones included. Virginia will come back. It never happened. So, yeah. You know what? Give them their 15 minutes. Give them the spotlight. If anybody deserves it, it's definitely them. So, that's my controversial take of the week. We'll talk a little MLB. I'll take a look at some viewer email. Uh, and then we'll get ready to land this plane. Some major league baseball. Let's talk about the Diamondbacks for a minute. Uh, been catching a little bit of spring. Spring uh, can't even say that. Been catching a little bit of spring training here and there, and you know, spring training doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. Uh, it's it's just warm ups. But here's a few things that that I'm noticing here. Uh, first of all, uh, so we, we we didn't re-sign JD Martinez. 
We got a guy, Steve Sweeza Jr. And, uh, well, he's batting 217 with one home run in spring training. So that's, hopefully he can turn that ship around. And I have every faith in the, or every confidence in the world, faith in the world, whatever you'll call it, uh, that he will. You know, I mean, the guys, was he 28 years old? Uh, if you take a look, oh, man, was he, uh, oh, gosh, Tampa Bay, Washington for 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, so he spent the last three years in Tampa Bay. Uh, he's got, he had 30 home runs in 2017. Uh, 16, and 15, he had 16 home runs, and 16, he had 17 home runs. I know that's confusing, so I'll say it again. In 2015, he had 16 home runs. In 2016, he had 17 home runs. In 2017, he had 30 home runs. So hopefully he can duplicate that 30 home run because we really need it. We can't leave that on the shoulders of Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, we, we truly can't. So another surprise that I uh, is a pleasant surprise, Cattell Marte. So that kid, he is a 24-year-old. Uh, he came up last year. Uh, Cattell Marte, because they actually have the pronunciation right here on the website. Cattell Marte. They even tell you which syllable to emphasize. So <clears throat> let me go back and make sure I was saying Steven Suisa's name correctly. Suisa is what I've always called him. And, oh, it's Souza. <laughs> they don't have the pronunciation for Steven. I assume everybody knows how it's pronounced Steven. Souza. So Steven Souza. I like Suiza better, but that's just me. So Steven Souza. Uh, Cattell Marte. Let's go back to him. I'm getting off track here. So. If you look at the depth chart, uh, they've got him penciled in to start at second base, back up shortstop. He can play third base as well. Uh, but this cat, 12 games, uh, 29 at-bats. Uh, he's batting 414, uh, which is what I like to see. 12 hits, two doubles, a triple, uh, a couple of RBIs, handful of walks in there, a uh, handful of runs in there. Uh, what they're really needing, Ray Fuentes, so hopefully – he can keep his bat going. Uh, he's got three home runs, ten RBIs, a couple stolen bases. He's batting 361. Again, this is all spring training numbers. But what am I? What am I getting at here? Is what I'm getting at is is I kind of like how the season is lining up. Um, I don't want to say that I'm concerned. I don't expect them to do great things this year, but I think it should be a pretty fun year. So if you look at if you look at the depth chart, Granky, Ray, Walker, Corbin, and Godley round up the rotation. Uh, I think it's weak at the back half of that rotation. Uh, first base, Goldschmidt. Marte at second. Ahmed at shortstop. Hell of a defensive shortstop. Hopefully his offense. He, it started clicking last year, but he needs to work on his offense. Lamb at third base. He's another decent bat. Uh, Descalso can play third base. Marte can back up shortstop. Owings uh, is another uh, utility infielder that can play second base, shortstop, or even third base for that matter. Um, you know, your outfield is not bad. Peralta, uh, Thomas, uh, Pollock, Dyson, Souza, um, Chris Owings can play the outfield as well. Uh, catcher, little, little concern at catcher. Um, Avila, Mathis, and Herman. I, I like Herman. Uh, he's a better batter than what his numbers lead him to lead me to believe he is. Um, Avila, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about. The bullpen, I, I like Archie Bradley. And I know he was a starter until he got hit in the face. If you haven't seen his Instagram of him after he got hit with a ball, look it up. Uh, it's incredible the guy's alive. Um, you know, Chafin, 
uh, Boxberger, uh, Delgado, McFarland. A, a closer, I think, needs a little bit of work. You know, what about Shelby Miller? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, that guy's on the disabled list still. I expect him to come back sometime, probably mid-season, to be honest with you. I think they just put him on the 60-day here. <clears throat> oh, just got a push notification. Coyotes beat the Flames 5-2. to two. I wish I had this kind of activity from the Coyotes in October instead of March. If you're listening, keep that in mind for next year, Coyotes. So, you know, back to the Diamondbacks. I'm starting to get excited about baseball. Uh, yeah, I think we've got a decent little team here. Um, you know, frankly, I think they can uh, – the Dodgers look strong. Uh, um, you know, the Rockies, they always look strong, but they fade away. Uh, the Padres, who knows what's going to happen with them. Uh, so, yeah, looking at, you know, can we give the Dodgers a run for their money and win the NL West? I would like to think so. I really would. But I think it's going to come down to pitching. Granke has got to, got to, got to pitch like he did in L.A. a couple years ago. Ray, he could be our ace. You know, let's be honest. Uh, then you got Walker, Corbin, and Godley. Uh, you know what? They might need to make a move, or hopefully someone can come up from AAA. Uh, to fill that gap, but we really are struggling there. So that's really kind of my first take on what's happening with base, baseball this year. You know, again, looking forward to it um, in the heart of spring training and, you know, opening days just around the corner, right, guys? So, my goodness, actually, opening day is a lot closer than I think. We're already here at the, we're already here at the, uh, man, opening day is March 29th. That's, 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 gosh, that's like a week and a half away. Oh man, I love that PBR. Hashtag PBR. Yeah, that's um <clears throat> yeah, the home opener. We've got the Rockies here the 29th, 30th, and 31st. So hey, hopefully I can get out to one of those games. So hopefully you can too. Hopefully you can too. So so we'll take a look. Let's take a look at our listener email. Alright, so I do have oh Jennifer from Glendale. I haven't heard from her in a couple weeks. Uh hey Jimmy. Did you see the meme with of Sam Bradford arriving to Arizona? Oh, she wants to talk a little a little Cardinals uh, football. So yeah, I guess I guess there was some free agency happening this past week. So and there is there is a funny there's a funny uh, it's not a meme it's a, a giphy I think they're called where where they show an ambulance driving through the streets and it says actual footage of Sam Bradford arriving in Arizona. What makes that funny is the guy has a hard time staying healthy. So. So let's talk quickly about what the Cardinals have done so far in free agency. Uh, they signed guard Justin Pugh. Uh, they signed Mike Lennon to back up Sam Bradford, who they want to be their starter. They released Tyron Matthew. They released Adrian Peterson. Um, that's really kind of the big things, to, to be frank with you. So so Sam Bradford, I'm 50-50 on this. If, if you guys remember, because I do, that... When Kurt Warner came to town, what was everyone saying about Kurt Warner? Oh my goodness gracious, the guy! Yeah, he was in the Super Bowl six years ago. He's he was bagging groceries, makes it to the NFL, leaves the NFL, and now he's coming back. Same thing with Carson Palmer. Ah, the guy, the guy stunk it up in Oakland. Why the hell do you want this guy here? So a lot of people are saying the same thing about Bradford from we got him from Minnesota. Guy can't stay healthy. He's got three bad knees. Yada yada yada. So. So, yeah, so if history repeats itself, I hope it does. Um, 
Palmer and Warner turn out to be pretty good quarterbacks for us. Can Bradford do the same? Yeah, he's got the tools. He has the work ethic. He has the experience. So, yeah, he can be a good quarterback. But, yeah, it's going to be protecting him and keeping him healthy. So they really do need to beef up that offensive line. Why they got Pew is my guess. Uh, but it, to, to also alleviate um, him getting hit, we need to have uh, David Johnson stay healthy, right? So you're going to need a catching tight end. You're going to need a catching running back, which you have. You need someone to hand the ball off, which you have. If if eh, it's, I know it's cliche to say if people stay healthy, we have a good team, but that's that's the God's honest truth is if, if we can protect these guys and keep them safe, but Johnson and Bradford back there, you know, yeah, can we make some noise? We definitely can make some noise, but – it's a little too early to tell that, to be honest with you. So what we need to do in the meantime is watch what they're doing. Uh, wait for training camps to start in a couple months. It's only March. Um, but Cardinals do need to draft a quarterback, too. Radford's a little old. Uh, to, he's not a five-year guy. Um, he's a two-, three-year guy uh, at best. So they do need to get a quarterback in this year's draft. Um and, and take it from there. So that is pretty much what I have to say about that. Um, just want to double check and make sure we hit all our we hit all our notes, right? We talked about the counties. We talked about March Madness. We talked about baseball. Uh, took a, took a little bit of a detour with some NFL football. You know, a lot of people are asking me, hey, uh, you know, a lot of people that that, that that talk to me in the morning and and, and hear me on my daily routine say, hey. You know what, Jimmy? I always notice that you you always call it the toilet of the gym. Do you call it the Do you call it going to the toilet of the gym? Uh, because your name is Jimmy, and I say no, not at all. Uh, I call it the toilet of the gym because I want to say I went to the gym every morning. Not I went to the John every morning. So that answers that question. I know. Inquiring minds want to know. So thanks for stopping by the the crypt here in Phoenix. Uh, until next time, boners and bonets, uh, this is your host, Jimmy, UMBC Bones, 1738. I'm out.